I'd like to read to you a little bit of listener feedback that I received from a gentleman named Chris. And the title of the email is Don't Lose Steam. And it says, Don't Lose Steam on the Twilight Zone podcast. I know there's a long way to go and it seems endless, but you'll get there. I was late to finding it and usually I like when I have time to catch up. I still am catching up but I noticed there's larger gaps in between the episodes. I'm always working on projects and it's good to hear encouragement. It helps with the lags. You have one of the best podcasts on the internet. I only listen to a few and yours is one of them. You can tell you really care for the Twilight Zone. It will be a sad day when I finish listening to you break down the episodes. I just hope it isn't premature. With that being said... Good luck with the podcast and future episodes. Remember, what causes an episode is just as great and seldom told as the episode itself. You have the advantage of keeping the story of the cause alive. The effect is so great, the cause needs to be told. Thanks again, Chris. I thought that was a uh, a wonderful and encouraging message, so I wanted to read that out, but... The fact that I've received it, I thought it's time to give a little reassurance that the Twilight Zone podcast isn't going anywhere. Summer has been a busy time for me, more than usual. Now, I think I've got the best listeners of any podcast going because you've been very patient. You've always been very encouraging. And there's never been that sense of entitlement, you know. No one's ever been disparaging or insulting in their remarks even when there's been these big breaks between podcasts Uh, you know when I announced that I was going to leave the podcast a while ago and Luke took over for a while you know someone I think it was a user by the name of Vip on the Cult Labs message board who uh, wrote after I commented that at the rate I'm going it's going to take me till I'm 90 and Vip commented well if that's what it takes, then, you know, that's what it takes. And I'm happy to wait for them, which is, is really great. And I think that's representative of my listenership. You've always been patient. You've always been understanding and you've always been encouraging. So there's nothing bad going on in my life at the moment. It's just work wise. The summer has been insanely busy. And when I'm recording a Twilight Zone podcast, I like to kind of immerse myself in it I don't like to do a bit each week you know sometimes I do because I have to but I like to kind of immerse myself in the whole thing and it takes on a good energy for me that way and uh, I find they're the best ones so I just thought I would do this little catch-up and you know reassure people that it's not going anywhere maybe it's a short summer hiatus but I hope to get going again And, you know, maybe two or three weeks time, I'll be able to have that time to sit down and get back onto it. So Twilight Zone wise, in the meantime, what's been going on? Well, not much. You know, this Twilight Zone movie that we always hear about is still languishing in development hell. There's been no new news of it. On a personal level, Twilight Zone wise, I'm I'm reading a book at the moment and it's called Special Effects, Disaster at the Twilight Zone. The Tragedy and the Trial, and it's by a journalist called Ron Lebrecht. And I'll just read out the uh, the synopsis on the cover. What Ron Lebrecht's pitilessly detailed and accurate account 
of the filming of the Twilight Zone shows is that to focus on realistic violence for box office financial success carries with it a grave social cost. In this instance, three people's lives, all for still another sensationalist film devoid of distinction. So this is one of the books that's written about the Twilight Zone trial, which happened after the filming of Twilight Zone the movie, in which unfortunately three people died during its filming. Um, we've mentioned it before on the, the Twilight Zone the movie episode that I did with Chris and Luke a while back. And, you know, I was going to review the book, but to be honest, it's not the kind of book that I generally would review. To be honest, it's the story of a trial. It's the story of the uh, the disaster. And it is a very engrossing book. So there's your review, if you like. Um, but, you know, it's a, it's a factual account. So... I find it hard to kind of review that sort of thing. I'm more at ease reviewing fiction. Now, there are two books on this case. There's also another one called Outrageous Conduct by Stephen Farber and Mark Green. And it's going to be interesting to read that one. I'm going to try and read that one straight after as well. Maybe I'll do some kind of episode on it down the line, but, but I don't know. You know, it's a very touchy subject. It seems that afterwards... After this happened, you know, these books came out, but Hollywood closed ranks. Something like this, this Twilight Zone disaster where, you know, three people died is probably ripe for a movie. But like the book says, it's too close to home. No one's going to touch that movie and uh, make that movie while John Landis is still around or Steven Spielberg is still around, who were major players in Twilight Zone, the movie. And John Landis actually stood trial for the deaths that happened on set so it's uh it would be probably paramount to career suicide to try and make that movie while these these players are still around but it's an interesting case you know out of that tragedy and uh, if you can get these books and they're quite cheap you can get them second hand on amazon and so on for just a couple of pounds they are worth a read so what I'm going to do now is I'm just going to play a couple of uh, MP3s that I've received as a feedback. And let's start with one that I've received from a gentleman called Brett. And he has some comments about the trouble with Templeton. Hey Tom, chiming in here from across the pond in Boston. Uh, first and foremost, I listen to your podcasts all the time and I think they're really great. So thank you for that. I recently listened to your episode on The Trouble with Templeton, and I wanted to offer up a, a different interpretation. Uh, in your episode, you brought up an interesting point about how did Laura and Barney know that Templeton was coming back, and even more than that, how were they able to set up that whole scene for him to get him to change his mind? Um, when I first saw the episode, I didn't really think of it in terms of Templeton stumbling into the Twilight Zone and finding himself in the past. It was more for me that he got pulled there by Laura and Barney. Uh, they knew somehow that he was unhappy, and so they took it upon themselves to, uh, you know, bring him into the Twilight Zone and and convince him to to give up remembering them and, and move on. Uh, but after listening to your show, uh, I decided to go back and rewatch the episode, and this time around, I noticed something uh, a little bit different, which led me to change uh, how I view it. Early on, before Serling even gives his introduction, 
Templeton gives this nice little speech about moments, uh, specifically the great moments that he had with Laura. And if you go back and, and listen, he he says that word a lot. He says moments like four or five times uh, in a what is a pretty short speech. And that got me thinking about this philosophy that exists about how people are able to live on after they die because the people who knew them and the people who remember them keep their spirit alive. Uh, and that's essentially what Templeton does for Laura and Barney. He, he keeps them alive, or their spirits alive, by thinking about them and remembering them. So when you look at it that way, uh, it's almost like this episode is less about a man being pulled back in time and more about a man being pulled back into his own memories, you know, a specific memory. Uh, and for me, that's what makes that final shot in the speakeasy so powerful and haunting. What's essentially happening is there's a group of people who have died and their only link to the world is Templeton. He's the only thing keeping them around. You know, he yearns for those days and in doing so they, they get to continue on. Uh, so when they ruin that memory, when Lauren Barney uh, tell them to leave, what they're really doing is severing their only link to life by telling him to move on. They are basically sacrificing themselves so that he can be happy. You know, that's how much they love him. They, they're willing to just disappear so that he can be happy. Uh, so when that scene does fade to black, which again is really haunting and it gives me chills every time I see it, um, that fade to black doesn't mean that they're disappearing back into the past. It means that they're disappearing from existence altogether. They're essentially being forgotten, which is what they want so that he can be happy. Uh, I mean, that's just my two cents. Uh, hopefully it was coherent. I know it was a little weird, but uh, you know, just wanted to say how much I really love the show, and uh, you know, please keep it up. Thank you so much. Thanks, Tom. What a great interpretation that was. Thank you, Brett. Um, you know, I really like what you've done there, probably more than what I uh, took from it. You know, I think yours is a better take. It's interesting that this one, The Trouble with Templeton, a few people have came to me now uh, via different sort of mediums and given me their interpretation. I really like your one, you know, about them kind of, uh, they're only alive because of his memories kind of thing and they're, they're fading out of existence. Um, it really adds more poignancy to that moment. And I'm going to play another clip in a moment uh, from another listener who has his own thoughts on it as well. But yeah, great feedback. Thank you so much. And please feel free to uh, send more. Now, there is another Twilight Zone podcast out there, The Twilight Pone. And they, when they covered the episode, their interpretation was that uh, these were not so much, it wasn't so much Templeton going into the past, but these were ghosts of the past um, rather than the actual people in the past. You know, these are the people who have passed on and who are kind of putting on this show for Templeton uh, rather than Templeton going into the past where they have set this up for him to kind of... Uh, to experience so it's similar in a way to Brett's one I suppose but again there's a bit of a difference there which I think is really great you know how everyone has their own kind of thoughts on it so with that in mind I'm going to play another clip from another listener called David who has this to say I loved your episode The Trouble with Templeton it's a really interesting episode for me for me 
Yeah, it reminds me of last year's Academy Award winner Birdman, one of my all-time favorite movies. And uh, in part, it's the retrospection or the more the introspection, I guess, or both, that an actor does. Uh, in this case, the, uh, the star of Birdman, a bit autobiographical in some interesting cases. Um, looking back on a career and wondering if you're a has-been or if you've still got it in you. And uh, how awesome that um, Templeton had that moment of doubt where he went back into the Twilight Zone and his, uh, his friends encouraged him to move on with his life and, and uh, not live in the past. Um, so I think that, that is a really beautiful episode. There's only one thing that kind of sticks in my craw, which you didn't mention, and I don't know if you noticed this, but in the scene where uh, there's a little bit of a scuffle in the, uh, in the bar while she's dancing, her beaded necklace actually breaks and you can see for a while she's dancing with this broken necklace. And then there's a continuity break because in the very next scene, suddenly her necklace is back together again. And uh, I think it wouldn't be so jarring for me if there wasn't that slight, awkward bit of, uh, I don't know, today it'd almost be inappropriate violence of a man grabbing a woman and spinning her around. And so much so that he broke her necklace. And then in the next scene, it's magically back together. But anyway minor point in an overall over otherwise lovely episode and thank you so much for the uh the twilight zone podcast series i love everyone keep it up thanks thank you david uh, another really great piece of feedback there you know I, I think we're all gonna get to that point whatever we do in life where we look back and whatever we're doing at the time we kind of wonder you know have we still got what it takes so really poignant and I, I really appreciate your feedback David and on a personal note um it's it's kind of strange but no disrespect to British listeners or anything like that but the Twilight Zone is an American show and I always really appreciate feedback from an American audience who enjoys it because it's your show you know Rod Serling was an American and the fact that Americans think I'm doing their show justice. Uh, I really appreciate that that sentiment. So thank you very much. So this was a short, uh, cheap and cheerful little update. And uh, like I say, I will return soon. I'm hoping in maybe two to three weeks when things start to settle down, I'll be able to get back and bring out a, a proper episode of the Twilight Zone podcast. But I just thought it'd be fun to come back give you an update play those clips and uh, and read the email from people who have contacted me in the meantime i'm also working on something in the background now this is going to take a long time because it's a bit ambitious a twilight zone related project that i will hopefully put on the podcast in the future now i've tried to do readings in the past I, i've done a couple in the early days which i'm not too happy with they're still there but if I get the time one day, I do hope to re-record them and, and do them better. Um, and then there was the one that I did last Christmas, The Howling Man, which I was really happy with, you know, I and I got a lot of good feedback about that one. It's one of my favourite ones I've done. This new project uh, that should be... I'm hoping to have it out by Christmas. I don't know whether that's a bit ambitious, but... Um, 
it's in collaboration with some other people. Uh, my good friend Brandy Jacola, who has done a reading on the podcast before, is involved, and she's really started it off with a, a good ground. And so, I don't want to say more than that in case I just can't put all these pieces together. But if it comes off, I think it's going to be something really great. And I just wanted to publicly thank Brandy for her participation. And uh, let's see where it goes. It could be something quite interesting and fun. Anyway, that's enough from me. And hopefully I'll see you soon in the Twilight Zone. If you want to contact me, probably the best email address to get me on at the moment is tom at gentlemansgrandhouserecords.com. And that's gentlemen's, not gentlemans. Gentlemansgrandhouserecords.com. I have given out the Twilight Zone network email address in the past but I'm going to kind of wind that down because I've got too many email addresses going so I need to cut it down so thanks for listening sorry it's just a cheap and cheerful uh, update but uh, next time we'll have a proper episode for you and I'll see you then